Six-Pack Lapidot, I want to give a quick shout-out to our partners, the strength guys in this app that we have. It can be found at positionsofpower.programs with an S dot app. And the strength guys who coach people like Taylor Atwood, have you heard of him? He's pretty good. Uh, they've had several world champions, several national champions, and uh, I mean, a laundry list of records, national records, world records have been broken, etc. But they have an app with their elite level programming available, video tutorials. Uh, I mean, the whole nine, it's one stop shop once you're in here. There's a Discord where they're doing video review of your lifts. Um, to get all your lifts analyzed so you get elite level programming and coaching for $29.99 US a month. Positionsofpower.programs.app. Go there and get yourself started. <laughs> Welcome back. The fellas are back. Six-pack lap it at Rory the Lynchpin, Wild Bill, and Arian Messi Kamesi. We are doing the men's Power 10 rankings. Um, Arian, do you want to do another quick little, you know, I mean, down of what the rankings are? If you didn't listen to the women's episode, go listen to the women's ranking episode. Since that is the first one, you can hear the whole breakdown of it. But basically, it's a combination of one. It's a preseason ranking. So before all the major competitions start for the year, the Arnold Sports Festival, the various nationals, world championships, these are the rankings of who we think are the top lifters going in. And basically, we didn't want to split it into weight classes or IPF and USAPL. So you can think of it as a pound for pound across all weight classes, both federations, who do you think is going to be the top person, whether it's titles, records, uh, prize money, uh, epic showdowns, and that kind of stuff, uh, beating out you know a, a dominant champion, something like that, whatever variables you want to apply to your rankings. And, and there is no right and wrong answer. Just like if you follow boxing in MMA, there's no right and wrong to like pound for pound. The debates rage on. So someone could say, I got you. You're going to have more good lift points or dots points than this other guy. But this other guy is in a massive clash, you know, a three-way clash maybe. And I'm picking him to win that three-way clash, which is, you know, that's what sports is all about. Right. So, um, or you can lean more towards, you know what? I, I don't clashes are nice, but I think this other guy, even if unopposed is going to run away with it. And I like to see that as well. So it, there is no right and wrong. And then there's the it factor. You could say, look at it, this guy is, when he hits the platform, you can't miss it. And I, and, and there's a, there's something to be said for that as well. So whatever it is, man, just like all sports, when you're debating pound for pound in boxing and MMA, they do the top 10 pound for pounds and they release those and it creates tons of sports debates. It's a lot of the same, but um, all right, let's get it going. I think we explained it good enough. People are going to be pissed off no matter what. So, <laughs> <laughs> so let's go. Uh, me and Bill will go back and forth for the top five or sorry, six through 10. And then our friends, Rory and Aaron will jump in five through one, but uh, they can give their opinions from the six through 10. I'm starting off. Or do you want to start off bill? Go for it, my friend. Okay. My number 10, I'm going to pick Delaney Wallace. Um, 
he told everybody he's going to take the IPF route, going 83. He shocked a lot of people at the U.S. Raw Nats. Everybody knew he was strong. We didn't know how strong. And Delaney Wallace moved up the rankings and took a number two slot at the U.S. Raw Nationals. U.S. Raw Nationals, obviously a very big showdown to prove yourself. It's one thing to do something at a local meet. It's another one to show up at U.S. Raw Nats. Russell Orhees there. Sean Noriega's there. Um, Angelo Fortino's there. I mean, the 83s are pretty stacked. And he showed up and performed under that kind of pressure. Uh, the 83-kilo class USAPL more stacked than, than at the Worlds. It's not like that when every weight class sure as heck was at the 83s, and my man got a silver medal. So he's quality. Now, what can happen in 2022, you ask? Well, he's going the IPF route. He might have a world title around his neck. And if you like showdowns, New Zealand is opening their doors, and Tim Monagotti might be showing up at IPF Worlds this young man just squatted just shy of 700 pounds the other day in training, 315 kilo, um, has totaled well into the 800s and uh, been to IPF World Championships. It's the old rivalry, America versus New Zealand all over again at the 83 kilo class IPF Worlds. Wouldn't that be something? From 2018 when it was Russell Orhe versus Brett and Brett won, 2019, Russell Orhe versus Brett and Russ won. And then when we come back in 2022, we have um, U.S. versus New Zealand all over again, but two different guys. It might happen. And it's good showdown, too, and they're both world-class. So Delaney Wallace, my number 10. Bill, how about you, sir? Number 10, I had Mikey Davis, 105er from the U.S., Looks like he's going with the Powerlifting America route and um, potentially the IPF route from there. So his trainings looked on point. He had a huge PR total um, at the beginning of 2021. Um, right? Was that 2021? Sorry. Yeah, yeah March, March yeah. 2021. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, 915, massive, massive total. Dude's getting stronger. He wants, he's hungry. He wants to win that title. I could see him doing some serious damage at the IPF worlds at the one Oh five class. Um, you know, you have Anatoly and Emil kind of ahead of him. I know Emil has a kid on the way, so that's could be kind of rough. I mean, I've gone through that before a few times, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, so yeah, I got Mikey D at number 10. Yeah. In terms of clashes, Anatoly is a huge fish to clash with Emil coming off his European wins when he upset Anatoly with the last deadlift, a PR YOLO deadlift, my God, you throw Michael Davis in there. That's a, that's an amazing showdown. The one of fives at an international level. Um, and if, if Michael Davis wins in a clash like that, Anatoly won best lifter at worlds this year with guys like Russell or in the mix and he won best lifter, you know, beating guys like that. Um, you know, Keiko, Jesus Oliveras, Russell or he, he beat all those dudes and, and took best lifter. And then you throw a mill who beat Anatoly. Yeah. Michael Davis wins that, you know, it's all, it's not just about winning the title. It's who you beat. He's got some stellar guys to beat. He's a star. It's a good pick. My friend, Arian Rory. What do you think about our pick so far? I think those are both solid picks. Um, I can't, can't really fault either of them. Yeah. So. Solid potential there with, you know, Delaney going from second place at Nationals to now coming into this year, could potentially get first place at Nationals and then get top two at Worlds, you know, going for that world title. 
Mikey Davis, a little bit of a rough road for him uh, when he went from the juniors into the open. But this could be, you know, his comeback tour, come win a Nationals, go get top three at Worlds, potentially dethrone Anatoly. I mean, look at he upset Ashton once. He get upset Anatoly. The kid, <laughs> the kids, he's spicy, man. The kid's kid spicy. Player. And he also has been at World Championships before. He's in 2018 as a junior. Yeah, so he's he's familiar with that kind, like USA across the chest. He's not going to be overcome in the moment. Uh, I mean, obviously, you come up through US Raw Nats, you're not going to be overcome by the moment. So, yeah, let's move on to number nine. My number nine pick, Bob Matthews, who has been on an amazing role lately. Um, I mean, what he's doing in the gym, we knew he was crashing some huge weights showed up the Virginia pro and holy smokes. They put on all types of strength. I think it was an 82 and a half kilo jump. Um, I mean, obviously the weight class has shifted. So we got to move up a weight class. It's a hundred kilo weight class now and exciting to see what he does. Cause looking at his gym lifts, they're continuing to hit PRs. He's still hitting PRs. It's going to carry over. He really needs Brandon Petrie to gain that weight. Brandon Petrie was a very small 100 kilo. He's a little over 93 kilo when they clash. And um, so I think when it comes to formulas, it depends on what formula they use. And I'm not a big formula guy. I would like to see Brandon Petrie fill out 100 kilo and he actually has a 100 kilo rival that's going to be neck and neck with him. And it's a great clash like that. We'll see if it happens. But either way, uh, Bob Matthews, because I'm all types of excited for the guy, and he's a good kid. Who number number nine for me, I have uh, Daniel Clements, 67.5 kilo lifter, USAPL. Put up a really, really big total at the Virginia Pro. Um, now that they switched over to dots, he's going to be jumping up the jumping up the ladder a bit more now. I think he ended up sixth or seventh in that meet um, with the IPF points. But now that they switched to dots, it kind of helps him out a little bit being a smaller guy. So um, I expect him to be kind of in that top three-ish in, the, in that pro series going on this year. Um, but just, you know, I think it was, you know, you know, low 700 total, even at 67 and a half, whatever, is just a massive, massive total. So I got him at number nine. He's actually my number eight. Um, we might as well go a little tit for tat here. <laughs> for all the reasons you just said, a 67 and a half kilo lifter, and he's in the low 700s now. And uh, I mean, he was at his uh, 66, but it's going to, I mean, the weight, he doesn't have to cut weight as much, like a kilo and a half at the bottom of your weight cut. He's still got to cut, I'm sure, a little bit. But that last kilo and a half, you don't have to cut. That's the hardest kilo and a half to cut is the is the bottom end. And now he doesn't have to. I'm expecting his total to continue to grow. And in terms of showdowns, he's got the 66 kilo former king, two-time world champion, Charles Apoco. Who, who I believe is going the USAPL route. So he's got some showdown. He's got some competition, which you need. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's good to see somebody smashing some big lifts. Always a hell of a lot more fun when you look across the platform or the weight room anyways. And there's someone else who's going to be taking the platform right after you or right before you. And if it's a two-time world champion like Charles Apoco, whom I believe still holds the 66-kilo six, six IPF world record total. So his name's still relevant in that weight class. Um, yeah, he's got competition, man. Let's see what happens. So he is my number eight. Well, who's your number seven, sir? I got number eight. My number eight is uh, Jonathan Keiko, oh, 93 world champion. Um, you know, second, I think it was, was he second or third place best lifter this year at Worlds? Um, and wasn't his best performance ever, but he still hit the world record total. So I fully expect him to kind of bump that up a little bit higher this year. It's going to have some nice competition from uh, Gustav Hedlund 
and uh, Sasha Steinbeck. There's a Steinbeck, sorry, um, in the 93 kilo class. So that'll be a nice, I guess maybe Gav Aiden too. I don't know sure what he's actually doing. Yeah, um, Gavin Aiden will be there. US is he staying with? Oh, he's still staying with the VI. Okay. So yeah, so then those four guys together would be a really, really cool battle. Um, but yeah, I think uh, Keiko is the class of those four still. So I have him going in my number eight. I'll, let's go tit for tat again because he's my number seven. Dude, we're real close with these <laughs> men's apparently. Um, we're a little different on the women's, but the men's were real close with the, each other's opinions. All the things you just said, Keiko, um, coming into the 2022 he is the defending world champion, so he's got to be high. He's got to be somewhere on this list. But in terms of possible clashes, Gavin Aiden and him had an amazing clash at U.S. Raw Nats last year. Came right down to the last deadlift and, um, you know, stole the show in a lot of ways. In terms of the clashes, that's one of the best ones we've seen. Goes to the world championships with Gustav Hedlund. Has another barn burner right down to the very last deadlift. Um, the guy can't get away from amazing clashes, but it makes him a sensational watch. Now, when you hear Jonathan Keiko's got a competition coming up, you're like, I got to fucking watch this. Who's in the mix? And then yeah, I'm saying he's going against Gavin Aiden again. Oh, by the way, also Gustav Hedlund at the same time as arch rivals. Oh, by the way, Sasha from Germany, who is an absolute deadlift phenom, can easily pull himself into contention and upset some people. It's going to be, it, it's a great clash that's going to happen at the World Championships. Keiko, who's the defending world champion, has got himself in the mix. And that's what you want to do when you're in a weight class. It's always tough when you're looking around, you don't have rivals. Keiko, my number seven. Sir Bill, who's your number uh, six? We'll pause after six and then we'll let the fellas talk about all of our picks. But I think we got some good momentum. Who you got? So my, numbers, my number seven is Anatoly from oh, sorry. Ukraine. I didn't mean to yep. jump to six. <laughs> so, um, you know, defending best lifter at IPF Worlds, um, world record in the 105 kilo class. Um, he ended up doing too many meets. I mean, like his schedule he did at the end of that year was like from October to December, whatever it was, or, or September to December. I think he did like five meets or something like that. He was just completely worn out by the time he got to Europeans and email, you know, ended up beating him fair and square. But I think some nice rest he has going on. Hopefully he only has to do like maybe nationals, but that's it leading into worlds. And I expect a nice big total out of him. And I think him and Mikey Davis is going to be a real nice battle, but um, you know, I got to put Anatolia above him just because of the fact that he's, you know, the best lister IPF worlds and he's still growing into that weight class. Right. I mean, well, kind of, I mean, he's, he's, he's pretty damn big already, but you know, coming up from the 93s being the world champion there, then going to one Oh fives. Um, I think he still has some room to grow and put up some much bigger numbers. So it'd be good to see. Your number, do you, I'll do number six, actually. Then we'll, we'll okay. go back and forth like we are my number six. So I, I'm going with uh Pena from France. Uh, the reason why he's going to be in my number six, obviously world champion, European champion. That's great stuff. I think he's got, we, we had said earlier, this kind of sets me up nicely. Charles Apoco still holds a 66 kilo world record. I think Pena is going to take that 66 kilo world record sometime in 2022. Um, his biggest thing is going to be cutting the weight and retaining enough strength. And um, he wants to get those squats down in there. You know, if he can go three for three in squats, hit the proper depth, and you know he can grind, um, I think that world record is is in jeopardy. So if you like history, if you like A, European world championships are going to be on the line for him. So 
He's got a great opportunity there. If you like world records, he's got another great opportunity there because he's definitely within striking distance of, the, of all of the above. But if you like showdowns, holy shit. Um, that battle at Europeans with Eddie Berglund was, was, you know, came down to the last deadlift. Two-time world champion Gladkick is going to come back. He's not done yet. And then we got Ilya from Russia. I mean, we he's in the, who's the up-and-comer. If you like the hot up and comers from places like Russia, uh, Sweden, we got, these are powerhouses. He's in the mix. I like a guy who's got tight competition where it's like, I don't know. This pick of mine, Pena, somebody can upset it and take it because all the guys I just named are world-class 66s. They're all right there. I like that drama. When that guy is going into battle, tell me it's that close, not just as one person with multiple people. people. Great. And then tell me they're all that close to possible world titles, European titles, and world records making history. What are we talking about here? You know, it's, it's, um, he's number six. If he actually does what I just said, he'll bump up into the top fives. If he beats all those guys, starts breaking world records and winning titles again, he can move into the fives. Right now he's six because there's other more dominant champions uh, ahead. But uh, there's my number six. So just real quick, not to mention that there's also going to be an American popping in there in the 66 class this year. True. So you'll see someone else that's, you know, damn close to that 700 kilo total. And another thing real quick on Ilya, he just broke Gladkick's equipped Russian record for total at his last meet. So, and his actual, his actual total was higher than the world record total in the equipped. So the kid is obviously the equipped. Yeah, but you he's know, it's so good. not classic, but like he's just getting stronger and stronger yeah. and stronger. So, I, you know, but we'll talk about him at another time. Anyway, so my number six is actually going to be uh, Austin Perkins. I think, um, you know, put on a good show again at the, um, the Virginia Pro. Uh, he's got the Arnold coming up. He's going to be in the Grand Prix, it looks like, for that. So you can see a nice big total there. Gets the gain a kilo, which will help him a little bit. You know, be a 75 kilo lifter now. Um, I do think we see another 800 kilo total from him this year, whether it's at 75 or a little bit heavier or whatever. Um, but, um, I think he'll end up being again, one of those top three, four guys in the, in the, um, USAPL pro series, um, that'll end up being at the, uh, Arnold in 2023 for their big finale, which will be the top, I think it's gonna be what top five, Aaron. Yeah. Top five. Yeah. Top five men, top five women. So I think he'll be one of those top five that'll be in there for their big, uh, Grand Prix finale, you know, a year from now. So I'm looking for a big year from him. Um, first off, thank you for adding that. Yes, the U.S. representative at 66 kilo. Everybody I just said and everything I just said, plus throw in whoever the heck that U.S. representative is going to be. You know, they're going to be fire. You know, they're going to be elite and world class. Holy shit, is 66 kilo going to be stacked at Worlds? <laughs> Holy smokes, man. If Penna can pull that off, yeah, man, that's that's an amazing showdown in battle. He he's the and and he has like a, a following. He's got like a pretty big following, um, YouTube and Instagram. And uh, so he's helping grow the sport, but it helps when you show up and there's that many shooters in your division, and it's gonna be a battle like that. It's I mean, that's it. It might be the best on the men's side in terms of battles for IPF worlds. We'll see. We don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Also, good pick with Austin. Um, kid's a stud. Let's see what he does. And if he puts it together and goes over 800 kilo once again. Um, fellas, that is our top six to 10. What do you guys think about our picks? And what do you want to add to that? Anything you've heard in there? Want to go, Rory? 
Uh, I mean, I think they're all pretty reasonable picks. I have to admit that I, I stayed away from a lot of the USAPL stuff but with the <laughs> weight class changes. I, I don't really know what a lot of people are doing and it makes it hard to, you know, is yeah. it, you know are people going 75? Are they going 82.5? Are they going 90? I think Bry- Bryce Lewis might be going 90 now um, yeah. when I think he last competed as a 105. Um, you know, so like I've, I've just kind of stayed, stayed away from that. But I, I think all of the picks that you've made are, are pretty good. And I think the 75 kilo class and the 82.5 kilo class in particular are going to be pretty stacked. I just don't know who they're going to be stacked with. Yeah, it is fair. We, there's a little bit of, you have to wait and see. And, and we don't entirely know who's going where in terms of federation, let alone weight class. So fair enough. Uh, I was going to say, I, I, like same as Rory, I, I kind of like these picks. I think that these changes in weight classes really benefit Daniel Clements and Bob Matthews. I think maybe Bob was already considered changing and it just happened to work out well for him. And now you see his total is shot up and now he's, yeah, he's like doubling some crazy numbers in training right now. And then for Daniel Clements, uh, maybe he wasn't looking on going up, but it just helps him out having that extra one and a half kilos. There was that one meet before nationals where he was like 67. And so now he you know has to be 67.5. So I think that'll help boost his squat and bench a little bit to add on to that monster total. And he's going to put up some big numbers. So I like those picks. Um, yeah. With, with Keiko and Panna, you know, they have a lot of potential. They're obviously world champions, but they're going to be in some battles uh, at world championships and Keiko could potentially be a battle at nationals with Austin Perkins. Yeah. It's a little bit uh, up and down. I'm not sure. Cause Austin, like, you know, had that huge 800 kilo total meet. And then he had like a couple of meets where his total has been down, but at least his last meet was an improvement. So he's making some momentum going back up and potentially if he gets towards that 800 or somewhere around there, his dots could be really high. Like Bill said, where he can make that top five. The only one I thought was low was Anatoly. Hint, hint, wink, wink. I got, I got him a little bit higher. Huge. Uh, I agree with the Anatoly <laughs> thing, uh, but uh, uh, you know what? But here's the thing with Austin. Um, I'll tell you right now, if you're going to wait for Austin to appear on my list, I don't have Austin on my list. He's a quality lifter. This is the 10 best lifters, regardless of weight class in the world. So that doesn't mean you're not quality if you don't make the list, obviously. Uh, but the reason why is, um, you know, I, there's not a lot of 74s. I think C's moved up. Not sure what Cho's doing. It, I, maybe someone emerges and we have some rivals there, but it's just not totally clear to me what we're looking at. Historically speaking, um, you know, it's not going to be world records, even though 75 is newish. I, I know it was there before, but with the classic, because what Taylor did as a 74 is going to dwarf that. So then it becomes, you know, he's not chasing a world title, he's not chasing a world record. And I don't know if he's got immediate rivals that are going to push him. So it makes it difficult for me. That doesn't mean it's not going to happen. The world 2022 rules out. He can be in some amazing clashes. I'm not huge on calculators and using that like formulas, but it's sometimes, you know, if he, if he wins a couple of those, sure, he'll move on to the power rankings. So that's why. I just want to throw that caveat to people said he's missing. He is. But it's, it's top 10 in the whole fucking world, regardless of weight class. That's very <laughs> difficult. You're going to bump some major names. I need, you know. It's the same for me. And I, I was like letting my, my recency bias kick in because I feel like last year, maybe even like, you know, 2019, 2020, when I was thinking about lifters, I was putting like, you know, an Austin Perkins up there. I was putting a Sam Calhoun up there and it disappointed me a little bit. And, you know, a Bob Matthews or a Benjamin Petrie or a Natalie Richards comes out and surprises everyone. So now I'm like, okay, let me put Natalie in there. Now let me put, you know, a Bob Matthews in there and take Austin out for now until he could prove to me again that he can get close to that 800 kilo total. Right. And and again, look at the, these things are fluid that we're going to revisit these in a few months and uh, and give the new rankings and things can change. 
Um, and again, it's the lead of the lead top 10 in the world, regardless of weight class, it's, uh, you know, the number 11, 12, 13, who knows who they would have been, who, um, who wants to go first for number five? Let's get Rory's out of the way here so we can just, you know, make fun of it and go on. <laughs> yeah, that's true. What New Zealander you got, bud? He's himself. Uh, I have, uh, American Gavin Aiden, actually. Um, oh. Yeah, I, I did it totally accidentally, but uh, what I've actually ended up doing is mostly picking 93 and 105 kilo men. Uh, seems that those are the classes that I'm looking forward to seeing this year. Um, I, I think Gavin Aiden is, uh, I think he's going to put on a good showing. I, I suspect he won't win, which is why he's number five and not sort of number one, two, three. Uh, but I am looking forward to seeing him compete at that level. And I'm hoping that he goes to Worlds. You don't think he's going to win and you got him in the top five? That's huge. Yeah, like I said, I've ended up, uh, I realized that after I did it and I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to change it. Uh, but I've ended up picking like a lot of 93 and 105 kilo men. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. Because, <laughs> um, you know, you pr- you could have picked a New Zealander in there for like Tim Monogatti because you could have argued easily that he could win the 83 kilo world championships in a great showdown with Delaney Wallace. Um, it's an argument anyways, but... Yeah, you could even argue that that he might have a better chance than Evie Corrigan winning the fifty sevens. Maybe. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You could. You, <laughs> you could, could. You could make. You could make an argument. Um, it's. Like he's I, good. He, he's he's real good, and he's been on fire lately, in particular. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyways, uh, Arian. Listen, Ryan, we're, we're talking about ninety threes and one hundred fives here. Stop bringing up eighty threes and seventy fours and stuff like that. <laughs> My, we, don't, we don't talk about small men on this podcast. 93 and up only. Yeah, right. My number five, name you already said, I'm going with Bob Matthews, is he came up on the scene last year, moving up that weight class, put a huge amount on his total, and now in training, he's already projected to beat that total. So I think he did 912.5 in his last meet, and I have his estimate number right around 925 right now based on his training. So I think he can win his weight class. He can be up there on points now uh, because he already basically filled out the 100 kilo class and he's just up in his total. And if he continues to progress this way, not, he's not in the same weight class as Ashton, but depending on what Ashton weighs, because Ashton usually doesn't weigh, fill out his weight class. If Ashton goes 110, but he weighs, you know, 104 and Bob goes 100 and he weighs 100, that's a fairly close comparison. And Bob's total is getting close up there to Ashton. So I think he can be up there getting his total close to Ashton, potentially beating him on points, winning his weight class. And that had to put him, you know, right in there in that middle, put him at number five spot. Look at if he beats Ashton on points and you're right. Um, right now it's still a little early, right? He's just now had his big performance at Virginia pro. So I need to see a little more. That's why I had him at number nine, but he could shoot up. He beats Ashton. He's flying up those rankings, brother. And, and, with, me. and with dots, I'm not too good at figuring out yet. Like, hey, if he puts five kilos on his total, how much does right. his dots go? But he's in the 560s and Ashton's in the 580s. So it depends on how quick he can close that 20-point gap and whether, you know, Ashton has a bad performance, maybe he has issue with Dell, something like that, whether Bob can catch him at a big meet. It can happen, bro. It, it, it can definitely happen. And if it does, he's going to fire up those rankings. Bill, what you got, buddy? I had Bob also. Pretty hey. much the same reasons as Arian. So, our boy's going Super Saiyan. Enough, enough said. Um, I'm going to go with Russell or he. Um, I'm not. Here's the thing. So, Russell, I think, is going to smash him some weights. You know, he's going to hit some, I mean, records, I guess. Like, uh, you know, I'm sure I like world records. It'll, he'll be, he'll be the, I think he'll have the biggest total worldwide 82 and a half or 83. 
likely. It's not actually unconceivable that if he has a bad meet, somebody like Delaney Wallace, because Delaney Wallace is pacing like a motherfucker. And him and his camp are thinking he's going to be in the mid 800s. If he gets mid, and that's like, that's 25 kilo away. He's already 825. If he hits an 850, and if Russell has a bad day and he's 840 something, holy shit, do those rankings not shake up? Even though they're not competing head to head anymore with our power rankings, they sure as heck do. So Russell, if he could have a good day and still post up and have the biggest total, regardless of 82.5 or 83, that means something to me. That's why I got him ranked here. In terms of his showdowns at 82.5, it's a little bit of, um, you know, I, it, it's too bad that Delaney's not coming back. We've seen him and Sean Narega clash. I don't know how many times, but it's been a lot. It's, it's, it's tougher to get up when it's the same people over and over, but people like, you know, there's some people come on the rise, just like Delaney emerged. Some other people could emerge. Um, you know, Angela Fortino strong, uh, deuce, 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 deuce is in the mix. Um, and if Sean puts it together, who the frick knows, man, you, you know, Michael, whatever. C. Michael C moved up. He's got, he's got a lot of body weight to put on though. He's still pretty small for an 83 either way. Um, it's not quite what I would have wanted you know what I mean? Uh, just because it's it's a little bit more of the same and we've seen it quite a bit, but uh, who the frick knows, man. So I'm going to put uh, him at number five. He could shoot up the rankings, but that's why he might not be higher. And that's why he's not lower. Rory. Ryan, how does that change? If Atwood out totals him at 74, it'll, it, it definitely bumps him down here. Look at the more people who out total. Look at like, here's why if he went to world and I got to see a rematch with Delaney who came in second, at us raw nats and i also got to see him clash against someone new like tim monogatti that's like fucking something new it's it's a you know but if it's the same thing we've seen a few years in a row over and over it's tougher you know what i mean it's it's a little tougher to get hyped up about i think that's being i'm just being honest um it's easier to see the same thing happening but someone can surprise you so who the frick knows i'm starting off with if history is the greatest indicator of the future um, Russ is going to be the number one guy and we're not going to see some major clashes and it's tough. If you go a full year without a major showdown that gets, that's, that's kind of tough. And, and yes, if Taylor out, if Taylor out totals him at worlds um, and, and I, I don't think he's going to go all full send at the PA Nats. I think it's going to be worlds that Taylor's going to go full send at. If he goes crazy, who knows? The thing is, Russ is never going to leave U.S. again for 2022, at least. Taylor's got to fly around the world, um, which is more difficult. So th- that that has to be fact. All the U.S. APL lifters don't have to be international anymore. They never again have to. You know, all the all these U.S. APL lifters that I had on the podcast. Australia, brother, going to Australia for me. <laughs> all these. Stop, stop, stop. All these, all these U.S. APL lifters, though, that I had on the podcast all said, when you have to fly time zone change and you show up a worlds, it will impact your performance. All of them said that every single. So when we do this comparison of the Americans who are actually going to leave America to world championships and the ones that'll only have to stay in the U S doing like somewhat local, it's almost not fair as well. It's almost like, but shit, man, you know what I mean? Well, from here on out, the USAPL lifters, like I never have to leave my own country. Like that's uh, a really big advantage. At least, oh, that would, 
I was just saying, at least that weight class is a little bit more comparable because it's 82 and a half to 83 versus some of the other weight classes that are bigger difference. So the, there's right. also the whole huge change in body weight. Um, but yeah, there's always that travel aspect to it. Like Delaney's never done an international meet. The guy's got to fly around the world now and, and deal with this and, and still have his best day. That's tough, man. Um, it's got to be said. I'm, I'm just saying. Russ has done international, done his damn thing. I'm not saying this particularly with Russ. I just mean period. Uh, but like, yeah, Russ has won world titles. Like, fucking don't get me on with Russ. You know how much I'm on Russ. But anyways, there's my number five. Who did, was, was someone else still have to go with number five or are we moving forward? Right. Number four. Number four. Who wants to go first? Bill, why don't you go first? I got Brandon Petrie here at number four. Um, you know, kind of. Bob, Bob. What's Bob, that? Bob. What about Bob? Solid movie, yep. by the way. We, we beat Bob in points um, at the last meet. So, um, yeah. So basically, you know, a much lighter 100 kilo lifter. So is he going to stay down you know, closer to 90? I don't know, but his points will be higher or is he going to actually fill that out and gain that much more strength either way? Um, just, you know, basically I had, you know, Bob and Petrie 4A and 4B basically in my mind, um, just because of how close they were at the meet and, you know, basically in the similar weight class kind of thing, just kind of on different ends of the weight class. So um, I just basically have them interchanged like I did with, with Heather and Tiff or whatever. So um, yeah, it could go either way, but I have uh, Petrie here. Number four. Yeah. It's, it's a good point where like, yes, Bob had the bigger total. So if they clash head to head, but if Brennan is lighter and it's formulas, he could win the clash. But then on the flip side, Brennan, he was on the podcast. He did say he's going to fill out a hundred kilo. It's going to take him a while, but when he does fill out a hundred kilo, his total will go up. So maybe he still clap beats Bob. It's a little bit of a, we got to wait and see. <laughs> There's still a national title online. So that would be interesting if Bob wins the national title, Bob has like, you know, a number or all of the American records, but Band- Brandon Petrie beats him like in the pro series. I got like, you know, the UBU Expo or something like that. It'd be yeah. an interesting scenario. It's true. That could actually happen. Or gets, or gets best lifter when, yeah. you know, <laughs> right? Bob, gets, Bob wins the division, but, you know, Petrie gets best lifter or something like that yeah. or whatever. You know? <laughs> Those awkward things happen. It's true. And it could happen. Um, how about you, Arian? What you got, sir? For number for my number four, I'm going Anatoly. He is the world champion. He won best lifter at Worlds. Uh, I understand he had a hiccup, but you know he still got the world title. He's still best lifter. He's still filling out that weight class. He's putting up ridiculous numbers. I think he's going to come back. Maybe he'll be a little bit angry. Maybe he'll come back with a vengeance and come back and defend that title in a tight weight class and maybe win that best lifter again and be like, listen, who's the boss? So let me, let me jump in here uh, before you, Rory, because I'm also got in totally for number four. Um, a little surprise. He was, he was so low on yours, Bill. I think it was yours, right? That you had him pretty low on yours, but I got him number four because he <laughs> is, he won the, he won best lifter and he, I don't anticipate if Taylor Atwood shows up, he's going to beat Taylor. But if Taylor doesn't have a great day for whatever the frig reason, like if he, he beat Russ, he beat, he beat, uh, you know, Pena, he beat fucking Jesus, he beat Keiko, he beat all those guys at IPF worlds. If he now, if he actually beat Taylor for whatever reason, my God, is his resume starting to get stacked. If you like formulas and if you like the USAPL, you like formulas. Cause that's basically what they're rolling out is they're banking on the formulas. So if you like formulas Anatoly's your guy, Anatoly's got some big scalps on his name uh, based off of formulas. But if you like showdowns, 
guess what? He's got he's got a showdown. He's also your um, guy. <laughs> he's also your guy. He's got at the, in the 105s, it's gonna be stacked. He's got a mail, he's got Michael Davis. Um, you know, Coco Clements from from France at like 20 years old was just under 900 kilo and is likely to tip into the 900s as well. Um, because he's a young guy and he's super strong. We have like, he's got shooters all around him in direct clashes at the worlds and the Europeans. I love that he showed up at Europeans. I would like him to take off some of the other competitions in between. So if you got to do the Ukrainian, that's worlds Europeans, leave it at that. I love it when these world-class guys and girls go to the European championships and keep the Europeans up there on par, um, you know, with one of the U S raw Nats. I know U S raw Nats is now split. So it's kind of an awkward year to say that, but um, I like it when it's up there. So you're tuning into Europeans. Not every year is it like that. This year is pretty good. We lost a couple of people, but Emil's a big one. So anyways, uh, to double back, if he wins Europeans, if he wins worlds, if he breaks world records, God, if he beat Taylor, I don't think he will. But if he did, he's got a, he's, he's fucking got an opportunity. My God, could he have a banner year? And then if he wins the worlds again, beating all the guys I just named, holy smokes, 105 is stacked. Um, so anyways, that's why Anatoly is my number foe. Rory, what are you saying? Uh, number four, I have uh, Gustav Hedlund, 93 kilo Swedish lifter. Um, he has totaled slightly less in competition than Gavin Aiden, uh, though I have got him ahead because I, I simply think that he has more potential. Uh, regardless, this is going to be one of those ones where I, I don't actually really care who wins out of that 93 kilo clash. And there's, there's one more that I haven't mentioned yet. Um, spoiler, he's coming. Uh, but I don't really care who wins out of that clash. I want to see a good clash where everybody puts their best foot forward and does what they can do on the day and the best lifter shakes out of that. Uh, so I have, I have Headland at number four. Yeah, he's a uh, I mean, he's quality. <laughs> he could he could pull it off, man. He's he's won IPF Worlds before, but at the junior level, and um, I would be shocked if he wins it at the Open as well at some point in his career. All right, everyone done their number four. Move on to number three. Yeah, Bill, you want to go first, sir? Sure. I got Taylor Atwood, number three, uh, coming back after taking some time off. Um, you know, having his first kid takes a toll on you, man. I mean, I. I so I kind of had my, again, I have my top three guys kind of ranked as like, you know, bunched up there together where they're kind of interchangeable. I couldn't bump Taylor out of that top three, even though I, I think he probably will be, but um, just based off of his track record from before. But I just think that, you know, training takes a toll when you have brand new kids, man. It's, it's rough. It's really tough. He's going to have to now leave the country and leave his new son at home with his wife. Like that's a, there's a lot of stuff going on there. It's pretty big. It's going to be close to father's day, that whole stuff. Like when he travels, it's going to be rough. Um, so I kind of just bumped him down to number three here, but very easily could be number one on the list. Um, you know, if he has an assemblance of what he did in 2021, but um, at us nationals, but you know, I have a number three here just because of that unknown factor of being the new dad and how much training he's actually getting in. Arian, what are you saying, dog? For my number three, I was trying to figure out where to place uh, these two as far as three and four. I end up going with Russell Orhe for my number three. Um, going in, you know, he, he's got the world title. He got the second best lifter at Worlds behind Anatoly. Uh, and then now he decided to stick around with USAPL. So I was trying to see where does he fit 
into USAPL as far as his weight class and then obviously the pro series. So for his weight class, I think if he cuts that little extra down to 82 and a half, he's going to win that. Potentially he could like, you know, go 90 kilo and not cut weight, just be, you know, 85, 86 or something like that and see what kind of big number he can put up and, and focus on the points. Um, but just looking at the points where Bob was in the 560s, Russ was in the 570s. So potentially with the numbers he's been putting up in training right now, if things are on point, he can be another guy that can put pressure now on Ashton. Whereas like when we watched the Virginia Pro, we were all thinking, okay, Ashton's going to run away with this. Now, and going into this new year with Dots and with Russ coming over, there could be some more interesting battles there for top three at some of these events. So I think, you know, Russ has the experience. Like you said, he's been the world. He's gone to these big meets. He's gone and produced and made, you know, nine attempts with the toughest judging out there. So I think staying within the country and being there with, you know, those USAPL referees that may be national or uh, previous international referees, he's going to know what to do. He's going to execute and he could potentially put pressure on Ashton and come out number one. Rory, what do you, what's your number three pick? Number three, I have the first of the 105 kilo lifters that I have picked. Um, there was a couple of others that I that I really wanted to talk about, uh, Levon Tavakalov and uh, Coco Clement. Uh, but at, at number three, I have Emil Norling. Uh, I know he's just coming back from, oh, sorry, is he just about to have a child or just had a child? Um, he's like sort of, I was going to say perinatal, but that would be his wife as perinatal. Anyway, uh, and that will definitely impact his impact his training. And I and and I still hope that he is going to be able to come to the World Championships and put up a really good showing. Uh, don't really care where he places. I want to see him do his best, and everyone else there to do their best as well. And we'll see who is actually the best come out of it. Your top five is just the 105 top five, right? Is that, <laughs> is that what we're doing here? You got the podium for the 105. Oh, no, no. And the 93s. The 93s. The 93s. That's right. <laughs> I already said that. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough, sir. Um, all right. My number three, I'm going to go with Jesus Oliveris. Um, if you want clashes, Jesus Oliveris is going to have a massive clash with Ray Williams. It's Ray Williams, for God's sake. I know he's not at full power like he was 2018, beginning of 2019 or whatever, but he still squatted 1,000 pounds again. He's still total over 1,000 kilo, and the clash between Jesus Oliveris and Ray Williams has to happen. There's nothing like a super heavyweight clash. I remember the days, and I know you guys do too, when it was Ray Williams versus Kelly Brain versus Jezza. Um, I mean, it's it's amazing, or versus Blaine Sumner or whoever. It's amazing having a super heavyweight clash with major weight being tossed around. And um, we have it again in Jesus Oliveras, who won the title and is the rightful world champion in the rightful 120 kilo, you know, king. There really isn't another 120 kilo plus lifter in the world in the tested division that's better than jesus Oliveras. however clashing with ray williams is still big you know yeah ray williams is so dominant for so long he really does feel like he's got to take that win and um that's a big clash plus he has the ipf world championships so you add in all the rest of the world's 120 plus kilo class lifters at the IPF Worlds and potentially a rematch against Ray Williams at Worlds. We'll see how those national towers shake up. He's in the middle of some big stuff. And if he posts up the biggest total in tested powerlifting, whether it's IPF, UACPL or whatever, if it's the biggest total in the world in tested powerlifting, how the fuck? How the fuck? You know, that's a massive throw your calculators out. Kilo is the best calculation to use. And my man's got it. So um, 
if you like absolute power, if you like historical possible lifts being done, because he has a, he has the ability to possibly break some world records along the way, or if you like showdowns, he's got it all. So Jesus Olivares is my number three pick. Uh, where are we yeah. at now? Sorry. Go number ahead, two. Okay. No, I was going to say that hopefully it does happen. I mean, we, you know, it was supposed to happen in October at, or whatever, whenever USAPL, oh no, yeah, it was June, right? USAPL Nationals was supposed to happen and Ray ended up getting COVID. So hopefully nothing stands in the way of them clashing at PA Nationals or PLA Nationals or <laughs> PAM Nationals or AMP or whatever Am- you call it. AMP Nationals. Yeah. <laughs> um, say, Ryan, Ryan, you want to go number two and circle back around? Okay, brother. I'll do number two. Uh, My number two is going to be Ashton Rouska. Um, You know, obviously he's, he's probably right now in the lead for top dog in the USAPL. Um, We'll have to see who steps up with the changing into dots like you, Arian. I know he's in the lead, but I don't know how easy it is to cover ground on dots. I don't know what five kilo, 10 kilo, 15 kilo means to covering ground on dots yet. Sometimes like previously when we were in Wilkes forever, um, you got a bit of a sense of, well, 20 kilo should equal this many Wilkes. Like you, how realistic it is to cover ground right now. I don't know how realistic it is, but if it's tight, it's actually better because if he actually has some showdowns or things get iffy and things get dicey and it's entertaining to watch, that's going to be great to watch. And I wouldn't mind if somebody enters into his weight class like Rondell Hunt, if Rondell Hunt shows up and they're both head-to-head matched, that'd be a phenomenal showdown. Let's see these fellas go at it kilo for kilo, as well as he has to bo- battle Bob Matthews, Petrie, and them via calculator. Good. I'm entertained. And if he comes out number one, head-to-head with Hunt via kilo and against Matthews, Petrie, and them via calculator, he'll maintain at least my number two. We'll see where it ends up shaking up. Um, because you know, I'll save my number one for right now. So that's why Ashton is my number two. Um, what do you think in area? Same. I got to go, got to go Ashton. You know, he was the top guy last year for, as far as the Virginia pro and um, based on IPF points and based on dots, he is second only behind Taylor Atwood on both of those. So he, he's, and Taylor, uh, theoretically, Taylor's going IPF and Ashton staying USAPL. So Ashton will be the top guy on dots. We'll just see how much these other guys can close in on him. And then, um, you know, the reason why, I mean, obviously my number one pick is going to be Taylor. The reason why I didn't put him uh, number one is just because, yeah, potential for Taylor. He has the higher IPF points. He has the higher dots. He's going to the world championship. And if for some for some reason, if Taylor ended up not going to Worlds, like let's say he didn't want to travel to South Africa or something at work where he can't go, the benefit is that Powerlifting American Nationals is in April and USAPL Nationals is June. So he can quickly switch over and come to USAPL and automatically be the top dog over Ashton. So I couldn't quite put Ashton in that top spot, but can't complain about being number two. What do you think, Bill? Um, real quick, you mentioned Rondell Hunt. I was trying to find a way to get him on this list. <laughs> I had him at number four originally, but just, you know, since he's kind of announced sort of that he's going to come to the USAPL pro series. Just don't know when. So once I know he's competing, he's probably in my top five for sure, but I couldn't put him on the list to, to start with. I just wanted to throw that out there since you did mention him, but uh, number two, I have Russell Orhe. Um, you know, 83 kilo defending champ. And he's hopping over to USAPL pretty much everything Aaron just talked about, you know, 
should be very, very close to Ashton, especially with Ashton trying to fill out the 110 weight class, which he kind of hinted at saying that he was going to do. Um, so I think that, you know, Ashton's, you know, dots, Wilkes, whatever they're using dots can come down a little bit where um, I could see Russ definitely popping up, um, especially with the numbers he's putting up in the gym right now. So I got Russ at number two. Rory, who's your number two, sir? I just got completely against the grain. I've got another 93 kilo left. I've got uh, Kaiko um, at number two. I think he, I know his performance has decreased the last two or three meets in a row. I think his best total was uh, sort of three meets ago. He did 892.5 and he sort of backslid a little bit since then, uh, which is disappointing, but I would like to see him put up a PR total again. I really think he's got 900 in him if he does it does it well. And I want to see him take a uh, another world championship, especially after all of the shit that he went through to get it last year. Um, I'd, I'd love to see him be able to do it again. And that's, you know, kind of what I was saying where some of these Americans, if they're going to Worlds, they got a hell of a travel in time zone and whatnot. So it's difficult to hit PRs. So maybe he he hits that 900 somewhere at, you know, the powerlifting American Nats or whatever. Uh, one of those other meets and then at worlds you just you got a hell of a clash you just got it he's got to win because he's got fierce competition waiting for him at worlds if gavin aiden and um, gustav are waiting for him and sasha i was gonna say he, he could potentially have some competition at nationals as well depending on where his total is because chance mitchell who i oh, believe yeah. is coming to power of the america he's i think at 853 and kaiko just did 863 to his last meet and both of them make a lot of attempts and both of them uh often you know hit pr totals so it could be like okay you know gavin aiden stays in uscbi you're like oh, i don't have to worry about gavin then you're like oh crap i got chance mitchell now here with the monster deadlift and he makes a lot of attempts now i gotta watch out for him to get back to worlds and mitchell's lifts are, are soaring right now He's on all types of momentum. And yeah, he is going powerlifting America. Um, and that will be a clash. You're right. To win that title, that's not a uh, a foregone conclusion that Keiko wins the, the national title for sure. Um, chance is going to be right in the mix. So yeah, we'll see. I mean, Keiko's, Keiko can have a battle at Nats, a battle at Worlds, a battle at wherever else comes along the way. Like the guy is always in battles, but he, he's historically speaking, always won as well. So um, he's good for a battle. Let's do our number one. Let's do a number one. This is why we're all here. Bill, who's your number one? Yeah, Ashton Rouska, number one. Um, looks to be the favorite for the Pro Series for USAPL. Um, I mean, he's just done things to that 105 kilo class that, like, no one thought was possible. <laughs> you know, like, just the numbers he's put up there are just ridiculous. Um, they would be even higher if he didn't try to pull 400 kilos at the Virginia pro as a hell Mary, just to go for, you know, go for the gusto kind of thing. So I see a lot of big things coming out, out of him, especially going up, you know, sticking with the 110 kilo class. So I could see him gain a little bit more weight potentially. And then um, if he ends up actually getting pushed and Rondell hunt comes on over. So he actually gets to go head to head, like you said, with somebody could even push him even further. Um, yeah, I got Ashton. I mean, he just – I have a hard time putting anybody else in that number one spot right now except for Ashton. Just with his momentum and everything that's been going on, and the guy just keeps winning meets, and he, and he, and he competes every four weeks too, which is the best part. So, And he's got the Arnold coming up in a couple of weeks, and he's got Nationals, and he's, got, he's probably going to do two local meets in between them too just to tune up. So we'll see. <laughs> with some prize money and some extra Virginia meets. <laughs> yeah. 
What are you saying, Arian? I, I had uh, Taylor, like I said, between one and two, Taylor and Ashton is tough, but I just went with Taylor because he is the, the top guy on points and dots, so I got to have a number one going in. The other thing, as far as what Bill was saying earlier with Taylor, with, you know, he's a father now, and, you know, world is going to fall somewhere around Father's Day. It's going to be tough to leave the kid and, and travel to South Africa. The the positives or spin I see to that is that it's a short period he has to commit to because the Power of the American Nationals is the first week of April, and then basically eight weeks later is, na- is Worlds, that first or second week of June. So if he can just commit for these next three or four months to get back to his regular training, build his numbers up, maybe have no competition at nationals, go and execute at Worlds. Then after Worlds, he can go back to, you know, pulling the training back and focusing on work and the family and everything like that. Maybe Father's Day gives Talk him Talk to little... Mrs. Atwood about that. <laughs> maybe Father's Day gives him a little bit of motivation as well. He's got to win this title for his boy. What are you thinking, Rory? That's uh, cheesy. And a, and a surprise to nobody, I have uh, Anatoly Novopismen yeah, as my number one. Uh, I think he's... He, dude is just a phenomenal lifter, right? Um, this is another one of those ones where, like, it's, it's not that he is going to walk to the 105-kilo championships unopposed, um, but... I think I value the the fight to get there probably more than just like, like I've said a bunch of times, I, I, I don't care for exhibition lifting very much. Um, and I think he's going to have his work cut out for him. And I think he's an amazing lifter, best, you know, best overall at Worlds this year. Uh, and I would love to see him put on a great performance. So uh, yeah, Nova Pismania. And do you think, given everything that um, everyone's already said about, you know, Taylor, new kid, um, whole nine what do you think his chances uh Novo Pismani's chances of beating Taylor Atwood for best I think it's okay uh so like one of the things that I think uh Novo Pismani has going in his advantage for best overall is that he has very few time zones to cross compared to Atwood right so Ukraine to South Africa like physically it's a long way but it's almost straight south right like so in terms of uh and so in terms of time zones he's not crossing that many and it's like flight time is not great as far as, you know, travel, getting used to the new environment, blah, blah, blah. Um, but it's actually crossing the time zones that, that really screw you up because that, that affects your whole circadian rhythm. Uh, and so I think that that is actually uh, an advantage that we shouldn't discount. Um, I don't know very much about his personal life. It's entirely possible that he's got his own stuff going on in his personal life. But having a kid sure doesn't help with, uh, with training. Um, like it seems like Taylor's putting up a reasonably good uh, showing of it anyway, uh, but but it, it, it is definitely something that he's fighting against rather than sort of actively helping him. Uh, I just hope that uh, Anatoly Novopismedi does a few less competitions. I think he did he did four between like September and December last year, including only, which is just like which is just stupid, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rory, that's Rory, fucking ridiculous. Rory's like, Rory's like, Anatoly, please pull back on the meets. And Bill's like, Ashton, do more meets, more meets. <laughs> okay, okay. So you just said that Ashton does a lot of meets. Ashton did like four or five last year, right? Yeah. Did he? Is it, I don't know. I think that's the same number as Anatoly did, but Anatoly did them all in the back half of the year. Yeah, it was. And, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a it was a tough year for those Europeans last year because like everything was in the back half and they had to do you know certain meets like the French lifters have to do mandatory meets so hopefully this year for them it'll be a little bit more spread out and relaxed. Um yeah yeah you know what a lot of the French lifters when I did a lot of meets too like there was a girl power meet Europeans worlds uh their nats like they had and they were all clustered near they, at the end as well at the back they, end. Of, they, they you jumped. can you can do a lot of meets it's it's cutting and peaking that mess you up. Like yeah. when you show up at a meet and you just 
hit an up eight, nine single, you do it at whatever body weight you were going to be at anyway. And then you go into the back room and then you do the training that you were going to do that day anyway. That's kind of like, that's kind of fine, right? It's, yeah. it's when you're peaking, you're like, you peak, you taper, you deload, you start training again, you do a whole water cut, you uh, like all of that is what screws you up for like the, the, the year as a whole. I'm going to go with, uh, for my number one pick, I'm taking Taylor Atwood. Obviously, I haven't picked him yet, and you knew he wasn't not going to be on my top 10 list. Um, so it's the return of the king. The guy is probably the favorite to win the IPF World's overall best lifter. Um, that's extremely hard to do to beat the world's best. But um, if he doesn't, if for some freaking reason he doesn't, fine, we'll shake it up. It depends on how he feels, the travel to South Africa, et cetera. But Taylor, if he's at 100%, and, and here's the thing, I don't think he's going 100% for, for Nats to take that title and punch his ticket to Worlds. I think he's going to go 100% leading into Worlds, but then he has the crazy time zone changes, et cetera, that might hamper him. So I don't know, even if he wins IPF Worlds and wins best lifter, I don't know where it's going to shake it up against somebody like potentially Ashton who never has to leave the U.S., and then if people want to break out the calculators and start looking, it won't favor Taylor. Or, but Taylor will earn points for some people for going like head-to-head competition against like, you know, you have to go against the whole rest of the world when you go to Worlds um, and, and having to do all that travel and still competing and still performing. So that's why these power rankings are, there's you know, they're open for debate. They're open for opinion. Uh, but Taylor is my number one pick. And um, if he wins IPF worlds, man, it's a, it's a hell of a feat. Let, let's see what happens. There yeah. is our men's. Anybody want to throw anything out there? Sorry. Was someone gonna, were you going to say something? Right? I, I was just gonna or, say, I guess Rory looks like the wild card. I mean, I know Rory and I only did top five, but I'm looking at Rory's top five. No Taylor, no Ashton, no Russ. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So, nope. so the nope. thing, nope. the thing nope. about those three, He's nope. drunk. About those three He's drunk. and Fedosenko. The thing about those three and Fedosenko is that they are highly likely to win a lot of their meets without a ton of competition. Uh, maybe maybe Russ a little no, less so. No, um, no Ray, no Jesus. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that is a good call. That is a good call. Maybe I'm just anti-USAPL. But, uh, but, but like, like I've said a number of times, is that I, I really value the competition more than the exhibition lifts. So like Ashton Rusko, without a doubt, is going to like he's just gonna win everything that he enters into. And like that's cool. And 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 I appreciate that. I just don't rate uh that particularly highly on the way that I'm doing my power rankings. You know, um, that's fair. Look, look, that's fair. It's good that there's four of us so that you have four different approaches to putting together power rankings. And some people listening are gonna be like, um, fuck the calculators, fuck the dominance if you show up and you smoke everybody, but there's no one else there in your era that can push you. Some people will feel that way and be like, you know what? Fuck it. Rory's going to take heat from his contemporaries, but I actually fucking agree with Rory of the people of all the people that listen, there's going to be a percentage of people who Rory is saying exactly what the fuck they want. They feel like, yeah, Rory, you do your damn thing. I I tread in the middle. I really appreciate a showdown and you heard it in the last two episodes. I put a bank a lot in, but still got Taylor and Ashton at the top because I'm in kind of in the middle. Um, I think I'm toe in the middle, but I was trying to, I was trying to be in the middle too. That's why like I put Taylor and Anatoly in there for like IPF lifters and for battles still, you know, Anatoly is going to be in a battle, but like, I didn't want to 
have to choose a 66 because like you had discussed earlier, it's going to be a crazy battle. I don't know who's going to come out on top. So I'll stay away from them for now. But I get what you're saying because it's not an exact one-to-one comparison, but that's kind of what happens here with college football because you have conferences and you have conferences would have a lot of good teams and they all have to play each other. And so it's just like nonstop playing really good teams and it's hard to win and be undefeated. Then you have some conferences with a bunch of crappy teams and one team goes undefeated and they're saying, well, should this team that's undefeated in the crappy conference be ranked higher than like, you know, Alabama versus a Georgia where they're the top two teams in the country, but one happened to beat number two. And so where do you rank them? So I, I get what you're saying. And then for a guy like um, Keiko or Pena, if they win their, their classes, um, I don't, I don't even care where they're you know, points end up, my God, the guys that Penn is going to have to beat and how close it's going to be right down to the last deadlift, or my God, the guys that Keiko is going to have to beat right down to the last deadlift. When it's clashes like that at the world championships and it's neck and neck. I mean, who's going to be like, well, what were the points though? You think about that after the fact you're like, man, this is, this is what sports is all about. So I totally get that same with obviously uh, Jesus Oliveira's got himself a clash. He's a bit of a front runner there on that one, but it's a clash nonetheless. Whereas if you don't have a clash at all, it's a little tougher, but people emerge. Let's see who emerges. The, the Ashton might have some clash with Hunt, you know, direct, not just calculator. Hunt might for really real clash with Ashton. He's a bigger man. He, he doesn't have to fill out. He, he's already 110 kilo, 242 pounds. He's got big lifts. He, he might beat Ashen head up. We don't know. We haven't seen Hunt in a while, but judging off his, his uh, gym list, he is. Taylor, uh, it doesn't matter where he goes. We haven't seen anybody, you know, it just has never happened. You know, not since he lost at IPF Worlds in 2017. Have we seen Taylor really all that vulnerable? So if you like showdowns, Taylor's like, damn, what do I got to do? He might have to move up and, and face Delaney Wallace in the 83s. <laughs> you know, he might have to get a little chubby. He um, like, he like a pizza on whatever day number two in the 74 is like, Hey, can I just run it back in the 83s on day number three? <laughs> uh, then Delaney would be like, God damn it. <laughs> like, damn. But uh, there it is. Um, all right, gentlemen, much appreciated. There is the top 10 for the men's power rankings. Again, we're going to be updating this every couple months. And um, the criteria for this is a little loosey goosey, but that's what makes it fun. That's why there's four hosts and maybe one of our criteria like a little better than the others. Probably going to be mine. All right. Until (laughs) next time, wherever you're listening, subscribe, give us high ratings, post it up. You know, if you, if you think our picks are shit, let us know. I'll repost it in the stories. If you love our picks and you're cheering one of them, let us know again and I'll repost that too. Until next time, six pack lap it at and the fellas signing off. <laughs>